Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. All right, y'all, we're starting a, a new series tonight, Lessons from the Kids' Table. Uh, one of my favorite graphics of the year, I think. Uh, it's a fun one. It's a fun one. And I'm really excited for this series. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a good one. The idea kind of behind uh, lessons from the kids' table is that uh, we're going to go back and we're going to relearn some of those simple do's and don'ts that maybe we need to be reminded of. Um, And we're going to start off tonight, you can see it on your bulletin, we're going to talk about getting along. It's an important lesson because from the time that we're little, from the time we're sitting at the kids' table, we get into arguments. And sometimes it's really important stuff that we're arguing over, and a lot of times it's not. Take these two kids, for example. They're arguing over whether or not it's raining or sprinkling. You may have seen this. Let's watch. It's sprinkling. Oh, it's raining. No. It's sprinkling. No, it's raining. No, it's sprinkling. No, it's raining. My mom told me it's sprinkling. It was raining. No. Yes, my, it is. No, my mom told me it was wiggling, not it, raining. Ma, my mom said it is raining. No, my mom told me it was wiggling. Because my, my mom didn't say it's raining. It's no, my mom said it's raining. My mom said it's raining. Because it's raining. My mom. My mom. You pull. My mom said it's. it's say sorry to the kids. My mom told me it's wiggling. My mom is it's wiggling outside, Macy. Mommy said No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, you're pretty. And you're not real. I'm real. Rocks, rocks. We're going to go out there and see. I'm not going to see Rocks, rocks, rocks is not going to see. Rocks, we're going to go out there and rock. And it's raining. Because it's raining. No, it's not. It is raining. It is raining. Ow. It is raining. Little Clay, it's raining. You broke my heart. Little Clay. You broke my heart. Turn around and then I go and I go and get honey. And me and Nani and her kids do that. Okay, yeah. You broke my heart. Turn around and... That may be the cutest video on the internet. Uh, I've quoted that way too many times this week. Um, But it illustrates a very good point for us, uh, that we have a hard time getting along. A part of being human is disagreeing with other people on things. And like I said, some of those things are really significant and essential, and some of them are pretty petty. As petty as arguing over whether it's sprinkling or raining. which is why, whether you're at the kids' table or the adult table at Thanksgiving this year, we all need to be reminded of this. We all need to be reminded uh, of the importance of getting along. 
And that's exactly what we're going to see Paul do in our scripture for today. He's telling church people to get along with each other. And this is something that Paul had to do a lot. Uh, we see this throughout his letters. Paul often writes letters to churches addressing their conflict. Uh, these churches that he had helped establish uh, because they couldn't seem to keep the peace. He would go and they would do wonderful ministry and things would seem great and then he would leave and we can kind of assume that he would receive all these letters about how things were, were, were up in the air, how people were arguing and fighting. Every one of them was, was unique too. They would find their own unique things to wrestle over. So in Corinth, one of the big fights that they were having was which leader is best? Is Apollos the best? Is, is Peter or Cephas the best? Is Paul the best? In Galatia, they, they were fighting constantly about uh, what was needed to convert Gentiles to Christianity, what they needed to do, what the steps were. And for the church in Rome, they had several things. Uh, they, they were arguing about style of worship, what days were to be considered holy, what they were allowed to eat. And so Paul addresses a lot of those issues late in his letter to the Romans, and that's what we're going to be reading from today. We're going to be reading from Romans. If you've got your Bibles, you can pull those out. We're going to be in chapter 12 tonight. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 18. This is what it says. This is what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Don't lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone's evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. And if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Okay, so Paul writes to the Romans and he, and he offers them this wisdom this dense segment of wisdom. He says, look, love each other. Create community where you can celebrate and grieve together. Live in peace and harmony, please. Paul didn't want them to be divided over things that he considered to be trivial. But he did want them to be united in the things that really mattered. See, uh, Paul says so much in just those 10 verses. And I think... Paul's advice in our scripture can, can be summed up in an old adage. Uh, you've, you've probably heard it before. It's been attributed to lots of theologians throughout history. Uh, uh, Rupertus Melendius, uh, St. Augustine, uh, and John Wesley famously. You've probably heard this in a Methodist church before. Uh, this is how it goes. It says, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. And in all things, love. It's a great Great quote. Uh, and I think this is the heart of what Paul is getting at in our scripture. This is the adult version of the lesson that we learned at the kids' table of getting along. This is sort of how we get along. And so I want us to spend some time with that phrase tonight 
uh, because I really do believe it, it, it helps uh, us understand, it, it really encapsulates Paul's message to the Romans. Uh, so first, in essentials, unity. We need to be united in the essentials. Uh, it needs to be said that, that Paul isn't telling the Romans that they should sweep their disagreements under the rug or, or that they shouldn't hold to their convictions. Notice what he says, the, the very last line of that scripture we just read, if it's possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, meaning that there will be times when we have to have hard conversations. There are things that are essential that we have to hold on to as a people and as a church. For example, anything in the Apostles' Creed, the presence and work of the Holy Spirit, the love of God, Jesus is fully human and fully divine, his life, his death, his resurrection, all of those things are essentials. As a church, we need to be united in those things because those are the foundations of our faith. Those are the essentials for all of us. But you, you may have some additional things that you consider essentials, things that are crucial for you. I can tell you, for me, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't work in a church that didn't affirm female clergy. I've had too many wonderful women minister to me throughout my life. It's an essential for me. Or the open table of communion that we will participate in later in this service. I found, as I was trying to figure out what denomination to be a part of, what kind of pastor I wanted to be, I found that this open table, uh, everyone having access to, to the sacrament, it was really important for me. It's something that I consider essential. And so it was important for me to find a denomination that was willing to be united with me on that front. And luckily I did. My point is, there, there are things that are essential to the Christian faith, and there are also things for each of us that we find to be essential for us. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so I wanna be clear before we go any further on this topic of getting along that getting along doesn't mean abandoning what we believe or it doesn't mean passivity or, or apathy just to keep the peace. I think sometimes it's been reduced to that. And that's not at all what Paul is saying in our text. What he's saying is that we shouldn't let our disagreements stop us from loving one another. That the church in Rome didn't have to agree on every little thing that a part of, of getting along is allowing a diversity of thought. And that's where the next part comes in. In essentials, we should have unity. And in non-essentials, liberty. See, Paul saw the, the Roman church fighting over matters that he deemed non-essential. What they ate, the style of worship they preferred, the particular day they, they would worship on and considered holy, they had made these molehills into mountains. And they were so hung up on the non-essentials that they weren't focusing on the essentials. They weren't sharing Christ with the community as effectively as they could have been because they were too busy bickering over the small stuff. They couldn't get along and it was impeding their ministry. And unfortunately, I, you know, I think we still see this in our world far too often. We get caught up on the non-essentials and we confuse non-essential things for essential ones. I made this mistake 
on my very first date with my wife, Hannah. Uh, I asked Hannah out, not really knowing her at all. Uh, I, I, we had a mutual friend that kind of uh, got us together, uh, Will, and when I was asking Will about Hannah, he said uh, in his deep Kentucky accent that Hannah loved three things, pizza, Jesus, and art. Uh, not necessarily in that order, but uh, that's about all I knew about her. <laughs> and so on our, our first date, we were talking and we were discussing our majors and she told me she was a studio painting major, an art major. And, and so we were discussing that and she asked me a, uh, the question, do you like art? And I said, like art? I love art. <laughs> that was a bold face lie. <laughs> I knew nothing about art. Uh, and she asked me, after I responded that way, a very reasonable follow-up question that anyone would ask when somebody says they adore art. She said, oh, what's your favorite period of art? And that put me in a bind, because I had no idea. I, I knew nothing, and so I reached into, into the deep recesses of my mind, and I pulled out the first art word that occurred to me. And I told her uh, that my favorite kind of art was Baroque art. Now, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Baroque art, uh, but it's nobody's favorite. <laughs> it's like these kind of dark paintings from the 1600s, by the way, uh, mostly portraits. You know, it's a man smoking a pipe. Uh, it was definitely a weird answer for a 20-year-old frat boy with a backwards hat and cowboy boots to say was his favorite kind of art. You can see some of these here. Uh, and so Hannah called me out. She, she, she was like, really? Baroque? And I said, and I doubled down. I said, yeah, it's my favorite. I tried to play it off and, and she asked me if I liked Caravaggio and I was like, Car Caravaggio, that's great. He's my favorite, best. Uh, and I did this because I thought at the time, this was an essential for this girl. I thought that if she knew that I didn't know anything about art, then she might not like me as much. But you know what? That ended up making me look way dumber than if I had just been honest. And the point in me telling you this embarrassing story is to say that, that I had confused an essential with a non-essential. I thought it was essential that I knew about art. I, I, I thought that, that, that that's what would impress her but it was a non-essential. It was something that she could love and I didn't have to because we ended up finding that we had the essentials in common. We had the same values and the same aspirations and the same faith. I didn't give myself the liberty to be different and I should have and I think we all should. We should all offer ourselves and each other the freedom to see things differently because that's what getting along is all about. It's all about offering each other liberty on the many, many non-essential things that our world seems to want us to fight about. It's promoting diversity of thought, which is not only okay, it's good. It's enriching. Honestly, it can even be fun to disagree. I have a, a couple of buddies from high school, and every couple of months, every two or three months, we get in on a Zoom call because uh, they live across the country, and, and on this Zoom call, we do something kind of strange. We argue. 
We all collect things on the internet and we bring them to this video call and we debate them. Debate whatever we found. So let me show you some examples of, of some of our debates. We've debated the doneness of toast based on this picture, which is the best. Uh, six is insane to me, uh, but clearly four is the right answer, but we've debated this. Um, we've debated best French fry. Uh, again, it's gotta be Chick-fil-A waffle fry. Uh, we've debated best Little Debbie's cakes. I see y'all making your selections too. Uh, we've, we've, we've debated, and it's not always about food. Uh, I guess I'm realizing now that it's a lot of times about food. Uh, but we get on these calls and we share these pictures with each other and you can find lots of them on the internet. And we argue and we debate and we try and convince each other and we laugh. And it probably sounds pretty lame now that I'm saying it out loud, but, uh, but it's genuinely fun. It's fun to wrestle over silly stuff. It's fun to give each other liberty in these non-essential things and to talk about them. Because obviously at the end of the day, we love each other. And our disagreements over ding-dongs or toast or, or french fries isn't ever gonna change that. Again, I think this is Paul's desire for the church in Rome, that their love for one another would be bigger than their disagreements. Just a few verses after our text for, that we just read, in chapter 14, Paul writes to the Romans, and he, he's still discussing this. He spends lots of time in Romans doing this. Uh, but in chapter 14, he's talking specifically about food. And this is what he says. Paul says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. See, Paul wanted the church in Rome to get along. But he didn't need them all to agree. He just didn't want their disagreements to destroy the work of God that was happening through them. He didn't want their disdain or their anger uh, uh, over the non-essential things to split them up, to impede their ministry. See, in the essentials, Paul calls for unity. And in the non-essentials, he urged liberty. But in all things, he told us to love. In all things, love. This is the key to all of it. This is the key to the lesson that we learned at the kids' table, to get along. That love is bigger and more important than anything that might seemingly divide us. No matter what, we're called to love. Remember what Paul said in our scripture. He says, let your love be genuine. What are you doing? Love one another with mutual affection. In fact, outdo one another in showing each other honor. And bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse them. See, Paul wanted unity and liberty, but more than anything, he wanted love. And I think this is the law that all of us are still called to follow, the law of love. To love people regardless of whether we agree on essential and non-essential things, no matter what, we're called to be loving. And today, in 2022, in the United States of America, this is a radical idea. Because we live in a culture where, where we're, we're almost encouraged to hate 
things that disagree with us. We don't prioritize peace and getting along, and, and that's sad. Because Jesus calls us to love first and foremost. That's what he did. People rarely agreed with him. People rarely understood him, and yet he loves. See, love is our guide. It guides us to getting along. As many of you know, the, the same girl that I lied to and told that I loved broke art is my, is my wife, and we are expecting our first child in any, any week now. And, and I can tell you that pregnancy has required sorting through a lot of disagreement because we've had lots of people tell us what is essential and non-essential. You have to have this. Don't waste your money on that. Um, so over the last few months, we... We have been trying to do our research, and what we've discovered is that nobody agrees on anything, it seems like. Uh, but we've been trying to do our own research about which bassinet to get. I had to do research on what a bassinet was. Uh, which bassinet to get, which crib to buy, which car seat, which stroller, how we're going to handle uh, sleeping and feeding and, and online. Again, there's all this disagreement about how to parent and what to buy and what daycare to choose, and, and it gets kind of overwhelming. Uh, and I was sharing this with a friend uh, who ha has recently become a dad, and I was just telling him about how uh, all of these different opinions and all the advice was, was kind of wearing on me. And he said, well, Sam, can I offer you a piece of advice? And I was like, uh, do you hear what I'm saying to you? <laughs> I was like, fine, throw another one on the stack, right? It's fine. And he said, here's my advice. Just love your daughter. You'll figure it out. And you know what? I think that's really good advice. Uh, I, I think there is something for all of us in that. Just love first. The first thing you should do is just love. Don't get too caught up in the little stuff. Don't, don't let the petty arguments over whether it's sprinkling or raining or what bassinet to buy, don't let all of that cause you stress. Just love one another and we'll figure it out. That was Paul's desire for the church in Rome. It was Jesus' desire for his disciples. And you know what? It's my prayer for us as a church. As many of you know, we have a vote on Monday where we will decide what the future of our church looks like. And people have been asking me my opinion for weeks and months, what I want the church to look like. And let me tell you my prayer for the future of our church, White's Chapel. It's simple. I pray that we stay united in the essentials. I pray that we give each other liberty in the non-essentials. And I pray most of all that no matter what, we will love each other in all things. The way that Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Rock, our Redeemer, would have us. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, help us. Help us to figure out what's essential and what's not essential. Help us to love one another. Help us to be a church that makes the main thing the main thing. God, we want people to know you. We want this community to know you, to love you, to experience you the way we have.
And so Lord, lead us, empower us, embolden us to be your people. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.